Pay rises. We all want one, but how do you go about making it happen? At The National, we've written about a number of salary studies that say we are in line for a raise this year. The consultancy Mercer says employees in the UAE can expect an overall base salary increase of 4.5% in 2020 across all industries. The Cooper Fitch Salary Guide, on the other hand, says while strategy roles are set for a 5% pay hike on their basic salary plus allowances this year, other sectors are looking at more modest increases of about 2%. So how do we ensure we get a pay rise at all? I'm Alice Hain, the personal finance editor of The National, and joining me today is Nari McFarlane, The National's features editor. Later, we'll be joined by David McKenzie, the group managing director of recruitment company McKenzie Jones, who will give us some expert tips on securing that elusive pay rise. We'll answer one of your questions on how to secure a salary raise, and we'll even hear from someone who once secured a 40% pay rise. So Nairi, have you ever secured a massive pay rise? All the time, you know, I can't keep them away. No, um, massive might be stretch, a bit of a stretch, but I've had a pay rise that was performance-based and out of the blue once before, and it made me feel so motivated and appreciated. I've also been in a job where my job role has changed a lot and I've done a lot more work and I haven't received a pay rise. And that made me feel really terrible, to be frank. So, I mean, when that performance-based pay rise came out of the blue, what motivated that, do you think? Uh, My manager at the time said he thought I was poachable and that I'd gone above and beyond my role. And I remember running out on the street and calling my husband because I was so happy. You know, I felt so appreciated at the time. So, I mean, have you ever actually asked for a pay rise? Have you ever gone in and said, look, you know... I've done X, Y, and Z. I'm looking for this kind of pay rise. I have, and and I hate doing it. You know, I'm a manager. I'd feel a lot more comfortable going in and asking for a pay rise for someone I manage than for myself. For some reason, when it comes to talking about money for myself, I just feel incredibly awkward. I don't know why. Why do you feel awkward? Do you feel that maybe you don't deserve it? Is it a confidence thing? Or is it that you just kind of pushing yourself out aggressively doesn't come naturally. Yeah, I think talking for number one and saying that I deserve this, I've always been rebuffed so much throughout my career, you know. I've been in the media probably 14 years and it's never been that great a time financially for the media. So I've always felt I should be lucky to have a job. You know, I've worked through so many restructures that people are just like, well, you should just be happy to have a job end of rather than asking for a pay rise. That is the nature of our industry. I mean, over the years, I've seen a lot of redundancy but I think that when you are in a good role, there, there is still that opportunity to kind of walk in and say, I think I deserve X. I think it's interesting how there's this kind of elephant in the room that to get the best pay rise you can possibly get, you need to change organisations. And that needs to change. You know, every great pay rise I've had is when I've moved jobs to a different company. Um, and sometimes I've been offered counter offers to stay in a company. And I've been recommended to never stay at that point because if they didn't feel... I was of value enough when I was there and asking with my stats, then the fact that they're offering me at the very last minute, what do you think about that? So if I was to go and quit and I was to be counter offered, should I accept it or? That's always a tricky one because you could you could go in with that strategy and end up not having your job at the end of it. But I'll argue against you here. The biggest pay rise I ever had was within the company I already worked for. And that was a 50 percent pay rise. That was a long time ago. But I I think at this point we really need to bring in David because we're not answering all our own questions. 
So just going out to our listeners, uh, we'd love to hear from you and find out what kind of pay rises you're having, what percentages you might be receiving, what's the biggest ever, what's the lowest ever, and, and perhaps are you having pay cuts? Just let us know. Get in touch and write to us at pf at the national.ae. PF stands for personal finance. So we're going to bring you in, David. Are we all going to have a pay rise this year? No. Oh, David. <laughs> I don't, I don't, really, I don't think you should be expecting a pay rise in this current, current market unless you're in a role that's very performance related. So unless you've negotiated in the beginning of the year with set targets, then I think the assumption everyone's going to get a pay review in this current market is, is fairly naive, I think. When you say this current market, are there some industries where they should be expecting a pay rise? Yeah, I mean, there are certain industries where there are there's a lack of, of, of talent out there, and that's when you will get people getting increases, because I think you made a very good point where people need to be valued, and if you're in a market where people are in short supply, then they tend to typically value their people a bit more. And hence, you will get you know, disproportionate increases in, in pay reviews. Never 50%. How you got that, I don't know. It's oh. a miracle. Well, it, it, it's, a, it's a tricky one because I was actually in charge of the pay review, but I need to make it clear. <laughs> I need to make why. it clear. I did not award myself that pay increase. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was decided by someone. You can't possibly decide. Friend. You can't possibly <laughs> decide your own pay increase. No, but you yes, can't. Yeah. It was uh, quite early on in my career, and it was, it was, a, big, uh, it was a big step. But yes, it was wonderful. It was, you know, you're dancing on the streets when yeah, that happens. Yeah, I think happens. you are. And, and I think that the bit where when you get a pay review, and I say review as an arise, let me just, just what the two differences are. A pay review is when you people sit you down and they discuss how you've done that year. And it's a review on your performance. And often at the end of it, they'll go, look, you've done a great job. We're going to give you a pay rise. Or by the way, you've missed all your targets. There's no pay rise for you. So they are two very separate things. So when you go in and ask for a pay review, at the end of that, you may get nothing. If you're asking for a pay rise, then you, the expectation is you will get something at the end of it. So what are the best strategies for actually going in there and asking the question? Be very prepared. So I've done this in my career previously, is I go in there listing all the things I've done in the year, everything I've achieved, um, some of the things I did wrong. Oddly enough, I, I talk about some of the things I could have done better because you're, you're self-reflecting then. Uh, and then I say, this is why I'd like a review. Review, not a rise, by the way. And if I hit these targets, can I get a rise at the end of the year or beginning of next year and put a, put a time scale on it? So when we hire people often within my organization, we'll say to them, if you hit certain targets, we'll give you a pay rise in three months. So the days of waltzing in and say, I need a rise, I need this much, or I'm out, those days are gone. No, I think, I think I, I, I've seen a lot of people do that. And my honest answer has been, to be honest with you, you don't deserve it because you haven't hit these things. So if you want to walk, that's your call. It's a very difficult thing in this market where you know our employment laws sometimes vary across different companies. You've got to be prepared for the client to turn around and say, actually, there's the door. And when you say laws, are there regulations that govern how much pay rise you can actually No, receive? none at all. But there, there are certain – people have a very differing view of what they should get as an individual. So some people will go and then go, I deserve 50% because Bob or Ethel down the road is getting twice as much as me. It's a very difficult thing to justify because they could be doing a similar job 
or they could be doing a wildly different job. And our pay scales are very different here. So when you are asking for a pay rise, it's all about the things you've done rather than the person next door to you. So be very careful of doing comparisons. That's a very awkward one. And that comes up a lot. Um, mm. You know, I've heard of companies where salaries have been leaked and people then say, I want the same as, as the person sitting next to me. I remember very, very early in my career, a, a colleague, she literally harassed me to try and find out what my salary was because we did the same level. (laughs) And at the time I was earning, I think, £500 more than her. Mm. And she would not let it go. And she then went and demanded a pay rise to match my salary. And it was a very awkward situation uh, for me and, and for my boss. And on top of that, I... I've always had the belief you don't discuss salary. You, yeah. you, it's something you tell your, your immediate family or your employer knows, but it's not something you chat about in the office. I agree. You should never disclose what your salary is because it, it then can cause problems internally within your company. Plus, often, if you look at some of your HR policies, it's a breach of confidentiality. So I agree, but there is also an argument on the other side that if everyone knew what everyone earned, it would lead to better equity. We're not in a fair world. So, yeah, utopian world. That's exactly how it should be. We should publish everyone's salary every day. Yeah. But the reality is the world is not a fair place. But we know what CEOs earn and stuff. So why is that? Because you only know CEOs who are publicly listed companies. So Mm. you don't know my salary. No. I'm not going to tell you, by the way. (laughs) Open up. Yeah. But actually, weird enough, one of my managing directors earns more than me. Okay. Why is that? Because he has technically a bigger job than me. Yeah. Um... And he 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 basically manages most of the bulk of, of Mackenzie Jones Group, which is Mackenzie Jones. Mm. The the women at work and the Mina Solutions business um, are run by different people that don't own as much. And they, by the way, they know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, they do now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, good good for him then. Just on another note, though, you always hear that if you jump jobs, switch companies every mm. time, that's how you climb up the salary ladder. Is that really the only way? No, I think actually it's the wrong way as well because. If you're good at your job, you will get the salary reviews. If you're not getting the salary reviews or the pay rises, then it's your job to go into your employer and say, this is what I've done. This is what I'd like to earn. How do I do it? It's a dialogue. But that's easier said than done because some companies sort of run on this policy of like fear and containment. You Mm. know, I've worked in places where they just do not do even KPIs because they're so scared of then having to give pay rises. And so what do you do if you're in a company where it just feels broken? But that's that's not about pay review. That's culture. Yeah. That culture is wrong. You should leave. Absolutely. Mm. You're right. But let's talk about a normal company where the culture is, is normal and people are engaged and my view is if you people in the Middle East, actually, if you look at the average tenure of a, an employee here, it's two years maximum. Wow. It's really bad. That's in Europe, short. it's five. Okay. Mm. So what you have is you have companies in Europe that have a much more stable workforce. And here you have a much more transient workforce, which means the companies go backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, et cetera, because it's run by the people there. So I think if you if you think that you're not enjoying your job then you should move companies. If you just want a pay review, but you love your job, don't leave that company. Because yeah. if you get 20,000 dirhams more, which in the great scheme of life would be a huge increase, and believe me, that fades into insignificance in six months' time, but your day-to-day job doesn't. What about if your company can't afford a pay rise, though? What happens if the money's <clears throat> not there? I think what we're finding now, and I've, I've just been negotiating with a, a client recently that have got that situation they are really struggling for cash and they want to keep their uh, employees. So they've come to us and said, how can we do this? And I've just said, sit down with them, 
with me and with the chief. And let's tell your employees what's going on with the company. What else can I ask for if there's no money? There's loads of things. So you can ask for extra days off. You can ask for work from home. You can ask for an incentive um, program. So where if you um, achieve X amount, so if you achieve, let's say, 20,000 dirhams more in your job per month, you get 2,000 dirhams, 10%. You can ask for... um, uh, education allowance, you can ask for a, uh, a loan for your housing. All these things are, are things that are on the table. Mm. Um, but if, if an employee can't, if an employer can't pay you more money, what could you offer me? Because I really want to stay. I'm very loyal to the company. I want to get you through this. But what can you offer me at the end? Now, what, this company I'm working with said, right, we will offer you um, what they call phantom equity. So all the employees that are staying through this difficult time will get a further 1% of the company profit added to their pay rise for five years, which could be a big chunk of cash. Yeah, yeah. If they, if they turn, so that's if you believe whole, in the company. But that's it. But that's the whole company turning round, uh, turning round and saying, "We believe in you as a company. We want to make it work, rather than just the the CEO or MD." And if you do want to jump ship, what other things should you sort of add to your CV or add to your qualifications to make sure that you get the big salary bump that you'd like? A controversial point: never move for salary. Okay. Never move for salary because uh, but I that's keep, why we're all here. But but uh, we are we aren't just yeah. here for salary, are True. we? Because we're here for lifestyle. We're here for you know my kids grow up here, and I, I was talking to. My, I don't mean here. I mean in jobs. Yeah, I, I don't. Ultimately, in the beginning, maybe because you you have to get to a base level of, of subsistence. You have to pay your rent. You have to pay your you know school fees, etc. But after a point, then the then it's just. It's an, an extra dinner out, or it's yeah. an, what you've got to look at is: Do you enjoy your job? Yeah. I'd say in the UAE, thirty percent of people do not enjoy their jobs on a daily basis. Well, that's a shame because I do enjoy my job, and it's one of the reasons why I have stayed uh, in it for quite a mm. substantial amount of time. And I hear that you should be jumping ship all the time, so it's quite nice to hear from you that that's not necessarily the way forward. I've had three jobs in my life. Wow. Yeah, I, I worked for Michael Page for seven years. I worked for TMP Monster for six and a half years, and I worked for Mackenzie Jones for thirteen. Now, admittedly, this is my company, but. <laughs> It's still a company I work for. I don't genuinely believe you should jump around if you enjoy your job. Now, if you get to a point where you are significantly underpaid and there's a ways yeah. of finding that value, by the way, a sense of value, valued, or yeah, or, or you feel like you're not getting anywhere in that company, then you should make a move. But if it's just about money, go and talk to your boss and say to your boss, "Look, I love this company. I love my job. I work really hard." But I need to get some more money. And these are the reasons why. How much time should you give your company? Because I've heard of plenty of anecdotes of people being held off, held off three months, six months. And then all of a sudden they look back and it's been two years with no incentives. Set a time scale. Yeah. You so do what, what Go, do you think? I would say three months. Okay. Say so three months. And if he goes, we can't possibly do that. When can you do it? Six months. Great. Let's put a date in the diary. Let's. Mm. And by the way, not to be cynical about this, get an email confirming your conversation and what you've agreed. Yeah. If you don't, that person leaves, that conversation goes with them. Or that person can just flat pretend you you haven't had the conversation. That does happen. Yeah, it does happen. <laughs> and what about if it's a set salary structure? That makes it harder to get that big jump. So is it then more a case of actually having a career jump? Yeah, I think if, if, if the question is you're, you're fixed in pay grade and you've hit the top of that pay grade, then it's a great conversation to have with your boss. Say, I've hit the top of my pay grade. How do I get to the next one? So le- almost push it back towards them because if they value you, they will come back and say, right, I've got an idea for you. Or by the way, this role is coming up in three months time. You're one of two that are for this role. Great. What do I need to do to get that role? In your view, give me some advice and guidance. So push it back to your boss. And can that backfire? 
No, because if you're a valid employee, nothing will ever backfire. But let me explain. Bosses aren't out there to connive and to, to get you out of a company because here you can just do it. Yeah. The reality is if you're a valid employee, if one of my employees comes to me and says, oh, look, I'm really unhappy in my role because I'm not being paid enough, I will sit down and say, right, tell me what you do, tell me what you've been doing and tell me why you think you need a pay review. And if they can justify it, they get a pay review. Some careers are so incentivized, you know, in sales and business development and stuff. But like you said, nurses and teachers and if you're in a really set structure, how do you stay motivated? By the, by the definition of, of people in those industries like nursing and healthcare and teachers, they're not motivated by money. Yeah. They're motivated by the, the vocation of doing what they do. But what they can do is, and, and this is where teachers are great, is they will say, look, I know you can't pay me more, but I'd like to go on a new course. Can you fund it? Yeah. I want to do my MBA. Can you part fund it? Or if you're a, a nurse, you know, I want to go and work in, in a cardio ward. There are, there are other things around beyond salary, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, just to recap, what do you think are the top elements that we need to be thinking about to get that pay rise this year? Uh, my, my top one is be prepared. So sit down, piece of paper, write down everything you want to talk about yourself, i.e. What, you, what are your successes, what are your failures, why you should get a pay review. That's really quite key. Then sit with your partner and say, does that sound sensible? The, the other bit is don't go in emotional. It's a really difficult thing, this, isn't it? Because you're talking about, and people actually get quite nervous. So try and be very rational. And if your employer says no, don't just start throwing your toys out the bag because you will get nowhere that way. So be very rational and very well thought out. And if you pre-prepare for every meeting, it's a much more logical way of doing it. And, and, the, and the third one is make sure you back up everything that you've actually discussed with your employer. Don't assume that everything will be done that you say in the meeting. Make sure you send an email detailing all the points you've discussed and the agreement and make sure that your employer sends you an email back confirming that. What do you do if you're prepared, you've got a great pitch for yourself, but you get the sense that your line manager is blocking it, but the company isn't necessarily going to block it? How do you go above your line manager in that moment? Yeah, it's a very interesting one, that one. Um, I would first of all front up my line manager to say, look, is there a reason why you're not putting me forward for this? And it might be they might have a very logical reason. Most of the time, they probably won't. But if you get to that situation, don't go above them. Go to HR. Okay. If you go above your line manager, it, it depends. It could go two ways. One is your immediate boss could just get completely annoyed with you and never talk to you again. Mm. And secondly, the, your boss's boss may go, well, you've gone through the wrong way of doing it. I don't yeah. respect you for doing that. If you go to HR, HR is confidential it's um, it's open to people having those discussions and they can advise you and guide you. And then maybe if, if it is a situation where your line manager is blocking you unreasonably, they can on your behalf go to the boss's boss. Mm. But if you don't ask, then you won't get anything at all. Uh, yeah, I, but, uh, but I think this is very true. I think you've got to, if you're really engaged with your company, make a point where you tell them how much you like it here and how much you want this to work. But this is what you'd like to get if you do these certain things. What we're going to do now is turn to a question from a listener. This is from MS in Dubai. And she says, I work in IT. And in 2019, my employer told us it was freezing salaries for the year. So there were no increases. Then at the start of this year, we were told it would cut salaries for certain positions. I am still waiting to find out if I'm affected. I've been with the company since 2015. And it has been going through some financial challenges for some time. What should I do? 
I think the very nature of your, your company has told you they've got problems and they're going to freeze salaries. I kind of admire that in a company because often they like to bury their head in the sand. In terms of her not knowing or him not knowing that whether they're in that uh, quota of people being cut is unacceptable. That's like sitting in your job every day worrying that you're going to get an envelope on your desk, you're going to have to leave. So I would absolutely engage with my, my line manager and say, what is going on? But you might not necessarily get told. I mean, I've worked for a company a long time ago where you knew that it was redundancy day and you all had to sit at your desk. And if your phone went, then you had to go into really? the boss's office and you knew wow. it was you. But if this is going on with this company, then for a start, you should have been looking for a job probably about six months ago. Uh, and in reality, if your boss won't answer those questions, you need to start looking. What are the warning signs that, because you said you should have been looking for a job six months ago, mm. but a lot of roles are outside of the, they don't know what's going on financially in a company. Like, how can you tell it's time? You can sort of tell with most companies things are starting to go awry. Um, for a start, you'll see uh, roles that were currently being occupied not being refilled. Mm. Um, if your boss is as open as, as they've been, then that's a sure sign things aren't going well. But actually, I kind of like it that bosses engage with employees. If companies are not telling you what's going on, you can pretty much get get the idea that things aren't going particularly well. Uh, and if that's the case, then you either approach your boss or you actively start looking. You should probably do both. So should our listener hold tight or demand more knowledge? Demand more knowledge. I would say if, if they're not, you as an individual, if, if, you, if you're in a situation where you know, something like if you go to your child's school and your your child's coming unhappy every day, you will go to that teacher and say, what is going on? It's yeah. your right because you're, you're paying for that education. You're working for that company. You have every right to ask that question. Mm. If the employer says to you, it's none of your business, I don't want you asking, it's the wrong company. For you. I think you're totally right as well about getting everyone on the same team. Mm. You know, we're going through a tough time. Let's all get on board. And I think pe- employers think that employees won't get behind them, but they really will in most cases. Some right? won't. I think for this one, they need a deadline as to when the yeah. job roles are going to be specified. They need to know which jobs are going to be affected, and then they need to know the degree to which they're affected. If you're a person like me that's quite, I'm, I'm quite ordered. I like order in my life. You, know, you can see my book here with all my stuff written down. I write that every day because I like to order my, my life a bit. And if somebody has told me six months ago or three months ago or three weeks ago that things are going wrong, I would come in every day worrying. And I think as an employee, you need to take control. If if somebody's not giving you that information, go to them and say, I need to have this information because I have a family, etc. And I want to stay with you. But if you're not telling me what's going on, I have to start looking around. Absolutely. So, I mean, calling out to all our listeners, if you've got a question or something that's worrying you, please write to us at pf at the national.e. Remember, the PF stands for personal finance. And we also want to hear any success stories that you might have had. Have you had a great pay rise? Have you saved a huge amount of money recently? Have you made a great investment? Let us know. Get in touch at that address. We are now joined by Rashida Katun Khan, who is one of our debt panellists and also the founder of Design Your Life, a wealth and wellness corporate training company. Rashida once secured a pay rise of 40%. Rashida, when was this and how did you do it? So this was back in 2004 when I was working for an international bank. And when it comes to income and sort of my salary, I always, I suppose, had my own plan. Uh, I always had, you know, aspirations and goals of how I wanted my career to go, how I wanted all of those things to go. So I actually used to use my 
pay reviews and my annual reviews um, you know, within the bank to assess and find out exactly what I needed to do to get a pay rise. So it was never um, a surprise when it came to talking about the pay rise. I know quite often sort of people go into reviews um, expecting, well, not expecting anything, but just going in there sort of at the mercy of their employer waiting for them to tell them what their next fate is. So it wasn't a case of just marching in and saying, give me a pay rise now. How did you go about it? Well, I started from like, so from my first reviews, when I got my, you know, initial sort of pay rise, the first time I started this, I was asking about career growth and where I wanted to go next and how I wanted to grow within this organization. So it was always during those conversations and during those conversations, I would bring in the pay side of things and to, you know, ask them about what the scale was already and how flexible were they on the scale. So really I was just following their, um, you know, their advice in how to get such a pay rise. I did actually try once sort of marching in there, um, you know, asking for I'd like a pay rise because of this, this, this. But I soon then realized I didn't have anything to back that up. So I started to record down my successes. I started to record down like my own growth plan and what I'd achieved. So when I'd go into my review, I'd simply go down the list of what was required um, and show the results in each of those things. So what was different about the day that you secured that 40% rise? Well, it it was almost like my worth. Uh, You know, sometimes you you feel that you need the company more than they need you. And I realized that there's a huge balance there. You actually become an asset to the company. And, you know, when you look at, in comparison to a salary, a salary is simply a cost to an organization, and it's a small margin in terms of their bottom line. So it's a very small percentage. So when you look at it as how much business you bring into a company or how much value you add, you can then sort of work out the, you know, the percentage of your salary in comparison um, to that. So it gave me a huge confidence in my own work and my own value. And the fact also, it kind of gave me a limitless um, income cap. You know, you kind of think you can only get to a certain amount. And I realized, actually, I myself am in control of the income that I earn. And it's not that I have to go and run my own business um, to do that. Like you have to be an entrepreneur, even as an employee, you can dictate that as well. So you were riding high, you kind of felt that charge and you went racing in and with a plan and, and it worked out. Yeah, and it, and it was over time. Like, you know, I didn't sort of go in there within the next six months and say, right, I deserve this. So I slowly started to uh, chunk it up. So it became a pattern and I really used my review meetings as my agenda, like the things I wanted to go through and the questions that I had. And then when my confidence built up, like I asked for a, um, a fig- I actually asked for more than that. I asked for over 50%, but then, you know, um, we kind of settled at, at that and I was well um, pleased and, and I felt well deserved as well. 
Well done. So now that you run your own business, do you still give yourself a pay rise? I think it's really important that you do because my same, um, you know, plan for myself is there. Like, you know, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always wanting to grow in some area of, of myself and income is one of them. So I think especially when you work in your business as well, you've got to look at yourself as two roles because the only difference between being employed and running your own business is that you're playing two roles. So you become an employer as well as an employee because you're the employer that's employed you. So it's still a um, very much a position in there. And I, and I think, you know, again, it's almost easier when it comes to running your own business because you know exactly where the margins are and you know what you need to do to deserve that income and to make that income. So, um, yes, and you've just got to be a little bit um, innovative in creating more value. Instead of adding more value to your employer, what you're doing is you're adding more value directly to your customer. So have you ever given yourself a 40% pay rise? I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I've not. uh, And and I think, again, because, you know, investing in your own business, you don't tend to take, well, I haven't tend to take that much of that uh, pay rise. um, And I've invested it back into the business to allow me, because I'd rather have a regular, um, you know, pay increase and a regular increase in the income the business makes consistently instead of kind of like, you know, having one great year and, uh, you know, and, and then having to reduce it the next year or the year after. So I'm going for consistency, slow, steady, consistent. That sounds great. Thank you very much, Rashida, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you this week to Nari McFarlane, David McKenzie and Rashida Katun Khan. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me on pfatthenational.ae. Remember, that's PF for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to get weekly updates. And also leave a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.